Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to the best photography podcast. It's time for another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Mm-mm-mm. Doesn't we got a big episode today, a special episode. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we recorded a joint episode with Andy Buscemi and Neil Urban of the Wedding <gasps> Photographers Unite. Unfortunately, Jimmy Ferrara couldn't be with us. God rest his soul. In spirit. Yep. Yeah. Maybe we can get his ghost to come on our podcast at some point in time in the oh, future. Yeah. Sad story. I think I think he had one too many old fashions. And uh, I just want to say, yeah. what a what a way to go. What a way to go. That's the way I want to go. That is a way to go. Um, but but for real, Jimmy just couldn't make it. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, we're going to pop over to that episode. Sure. Unite Wedding Photographers and welcome to Wedding Photographers Unite, episode number 113. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Buscemi in good company with the mythical legend himself, Mr. Neil Urban. Hello. Also joined by... Not Mr. Jimmy Ferrara, because we told him that we were going to record tonight, and he didn't show up because he had other things that were more important, and he pushed our recording time back to 10 o'clock, but decided to, uh, you know, make all of our lives a half hour later tonight. Not Mr. Ferrara. <laughs> uh, instead, we have the wedding photo hangover dudes, Mr. Stephen Van, Van Elk and Dustin Hibben. What's up, gents? How's it going? Nothing much. Just uh, super pumped to be hanging out with you guys tonight. All right. Yeah, I like how we need uh, two guys to replace Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, he talks a lot, so yeah. I don't know if we can do anything to jump in there. Probably a good thing that it worked out this way. <laughs> you know, yeah. not that we don't love you, Jimmy, because we do. He's probably going to jump on like halfway through, and then the second half of the episode is just going to be him just rambling. How he's usually... probably at the bar drinking his Trulies right now. Wait, Trulies? Yeah. I thought he just drank like a whiskey. Oh, you listen, listen to the last episode? No, no, he was all about the Truly last episode. Yeah. Is that Dustin, like seltzer drink? Yeah. Yeah. Dustin, I listened to the uh, last, latest episode of Wedding Photo Hangover podcast, and you were missing an action. Uh, where have you been lately? What's been going that, on? Was that the one where people thought Stephen and Jennifer were going to get divorced on the air? That's apparently <laughs> what. <laughs> it was interesting. There were a couple little moments in there. Uh, where were you, Dustin? What's going on? Uh, you well, I was sitting at my microphone waiting to record a few days earlier. And uh, Stephen, unfortunately, couldn't uh, couldn't record. And I've been traveling like crazy, and Stephen's been traveling like crazy. And uh, it's been hard to coordinate this whole podcast thing. Yes. But we, we've been making it work. You know, I know Jen is no Dustin, um, but I'm glad you took, took the time out of your busy schedule, Andy, to listen anyways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> It was good stuff. And so, like, here's the thing, like, uh, Steve, because yeah. Steve does things the right... You guys over there at the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast, you do things the right way. You, like, you put in all these, like, sound clips. It was it was beautiful. You had, like, the car stopping and the oh, horns and all this that, stuff. I, was like, I want oh, to believe that that was all authentic. That was yeah. all authentic. We actually got in an accident, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people were honking their horns at us. And we've mm-hmm. gotten minimal feedback that it scared the crap out of listeners who were driving their car when they heard the crashing sounds and the uh, horn honking. So, yeah. So I heard that episode and it was, it was really good, but it was kind of like you, you let that thing happen. 
right? Where the, where there was like an accident and then you didn't like address it. You just like came back, like nothing happened. I was like, there was no continuity in there. I didn't, uh, where, where was that? What was that? What we're, happened? Then? We're professionals, Andy. I, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, we got an accident and we're not going to let that deter the show. We're not going to let that derail us. So we just got back to work. We okay. walked home from the place we got in the accident and uh, picked up recording yeah. right when we got back. In reality, there was actually two days in between that episode. They mm-hmm. did the first half, and then they did the second half. Oh. But you would never know that. Very good. <laughs> Guys, we are doing a joint episode today. Um, and I'm going to bring up our first uh, little topic here. And let me know uh, where we go from here. All right. So uh, in a few days ago in... Our group, Marie posted, she said, uh, I recently posted a photo on Instagram that received a comment from a local page promoting the area that she lives in. The page wanted to use the photo for social media promotion publications, and then she responded back saying that uh, it would be fine if they use it to credit the business in the caption or comment. They responded back saying that they would credit us on social media, but not on the promotions or the publications. So... Is this something that she should just accept and allow them to use the photo, or should she charge a certain amount? What should she do? What would you guys do if if, <laughs> if the venue basically said, um, you know, yeah, we'll we'll use it, but we're not going to credit you? Is that okay with you guys? Can they do that? I mean, they got you by the balls. There's no precedent in U.S. legal in the in the court system for any of this. So, I mean, I guess you're just out of luck there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear what Neil would do. I wrote it in the uh, in the in the comment section. Let me uh, let me find out what I wrote. Andy, uh-huh. what, what would you do? I mean, um, the looks on your guys' faces were like Stephen Dustin nailed this one, got it totally right. There's nothing <laughs> photographers can do. No legal recourse. No, at all. no. Um, I wish I could say that. I don't know what I wrote. Sounded pretty good. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I wrote. It was, it was so, so good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where the where the post. Yeah, is. that's okay. That's all right. So I mean, it's uh, utterly ridiculous. Andy, Andy, what did I write? <laughs> uh, I don't think that you wrote anything. I think maybe you wrote. Come on, yeah, I did. I swear to God, I'm like looking at it right now, and I don't see you having written anything. Oh, uh, did, did someone delete? My comment? Maybe it was good. Those, those admins are brutal. No, 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 I like this. I like this idea. Uh, Neil this was like, let me look this up. I definitely wrote something. And Andy was like, I'm going to beat him there and delete it before he can get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that has to be what happened. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I just feel like this time of year, I, I, I like, I don't have the, the brain. Like, do you guys have, have like, like at this time of year, it's just like, Putting, I don't, I can't even form sentences at this time of year. Like, like it's just things are out of control. Too much editing, too much going on, and uh, I don't know. And you know what? It's August just started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like we're eight months in to- now. Eight months in, we're more than halfway through the. We're two thirds of the way through the year, right? Almost. Not here in New York. Well, kind of, but. Not How many really. weddings do you guys have left? Oh, I'm like halfway through. Yeah, I'm about halfway through. Should be a little bit more than halfway through, I so, hope. So halfway, so you shoot 50 weddings, so you've got about 25 to go? No, I, I'm pretty on, on at 30. Like, I'm pretty pretty consistent with 30. So maybe, I don't even know. I'm, I mean, I'm probably about half, more than halfway through that, I think. I hope. So now the story's changing. Okay. 
<laughs> How many do you shoot? Uh, this year we're only doing 25. Nice. Okay. Steve? Uh, Jen and I do 25, but the last few years it's been kind of different because I've been leading a lot more so that she can stay home. Whereas in the past I used to just second shoot. So she's she's not doing all the 25, but I, I'm doing most of them. But there's a few days where yeah. like she's in one place and I'm in another place and we have a video crew in another place and it's it's been it's been a little crazy this year. Yeah. Well, uh getting back to just that topic that I brought oh, up there. Oh yeah, Tom. Yeah. Um yeah, we're just, you know. <laughs> Jen and I were actually contacted uh, today by a local venue who asked basically yes. the same question, can we use your photos? But they said they would credit us anywhere they use them, including like promotional material and stuff. So uh, mm. this this is really foreign to me that they would be like, yeah, no, we'll credit you here, but we won't credit you there when you specifically ask for it. It's le- I mean, legally, we were joking earlier when we said you have no recourse. Like, the, you can do it. Like, you just say no. Like at that point, like they're they're disrespecting you. And the wedding photography industry, it, it's all about respect. And if they don't respect you, I mean. I guess, like, if, if it continues to happen, this disrespect, like, nobody in the industry will respect you. So, like, the only way to get that back then is, I guess you have to, like, uh, burn their venue down or something, right? <laughs> that's Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Basically. I So, I actually, I kind of want to, I've seen this come up a lot lately. Um, this is this topic. Well, not the, not the burning the venue stuff. Okay. But there's Good. just the topic of uh, venues and p- people using images and all these different photographer groups and all that. Um, and I kind of want to just, and I put this out in our group, and I kind of want to just, every time I see one of these posts, I just want to throw it out there. Because I don't really care if somebody uses like the thing that I use when a vendor contacts me. I would rather have more photographers on the same page with like how to respond to, to venues when they want to use images, you know? Um, no, but seriously though, I feel like because nobody really, I feel like everybody's just like flailing around in the wind once, oh no, somebody wants to use an image. What do I do? What do I say? What do I charge? You know? Um, so, so you want to build that standard? I, well, at least help people out for the love of God. I feel like like there's so many new photographers that don't that don't know how to respond to these kinds of things, and it's like can I take a swing so in the dark? Are confused at what too. you're thinking? Yes. Okay. So uh, this is just going to go off of something I did this last winter. Venue reached out to me. They said they loved a photo I had taken uh, for for like J- Jen and I run two companies. One's like my brand, and the other is like our joint brand. So they reached out to my brand to ask if they could use one of my photos. And I told them I'd have to get back to them. And then um, I did the thing where, like, you say, hey, email, bring this up in, like, a day or two because I'm too busy right now. And then I'll look at it and take care of it. Uh, And I accidentally set it for 30 days and not one day. And so then I just never got back to them for 30 days. And then when I finally got back to them, they're like, oh, sorry, we moved on. We we used somebody else's photos. Is that what you're going to recommend? <laughs> That's pretty much what I was going to suggest. You just wait and then lose the opportunity. Um, but no, uh, what I actually did like write and respond back in the group is that, you know, my usual saying, and if you guys, I'm curious to see like how this differs from maybe like what you would write, um, uh, you know, just in general, because I'm wondering if, it, you know, Anyway, this is what I write. I say, so, hey, venue, um, you know, you can take a look at the work from the couple's wedding here. Let me know the image numbers that you're interested in using um, for social media. This is what you can do. And then I have a little thing. Using a non-watermarked image with photo credit included for each image and post is okay. So I'm basically, you know, spelling it out. For social media, cool. Just put my name there. 
I don't really expect to get, you know, I'm not going to charge for that personally. Maybe some people want to try and do that, but I think that's kind of a rare thing. Um, and then for the second half of that, I said for website, for brochure, for signage, for anything else, if requested, I'll provide a watermarked version. That's okay for usage, but you must include the watermark as provided. If you'd like to use something without a watermark for the website, brochure, signage, or anything else, just let me know the intended usage, and I'll turn around a reasonable quote for you. Thanks! Explanation point, keeping it positive. Um, you, know, you know what? That's right. I didn't comment because it felt like I wrote what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so that's okay. a very good All response. Right. But what does that... How does that differ from like what you guys do? Like, do you let, um, you know, uh, vendors use it on social media just with a tag, even though that never brings business back away almost ever? Never. Um, or, or do you try and charge for that? Or uh, how does, how does what you would say to a vendor maybe differ from what I, what I wrote there? Uh, I mean, so my approach to vendor relations in terms of image usage is, uh, I simply point them to the gallery that has all of the photos. Uh, I tell them, I share with them a link on how to uh, share with me their list of favorites. And then I just email them over uh, when I have time, those photos with watermarks um, with our social media accounts in the email. And if, and I say in the email, if you were hoping to use these for print collateral or anything above and beyond social, just let us know. We'd be happy to, have that yeah. conversation similar then yeah we just mm -hmm. we have one venue in town that are kind of assholes and we we don't share with them um, because the first wedding we did there it's like a newer newer venue so they're kind of um trying to be really aggressive on social media because no other venue is really doing that mm. and so every wedding they always contact the photographer and they say, Hey, can we get the gallery of all the photos? And I said, yep, here it is. Just like I do with any vendor. And they said, Oh no. Um, and then I sent them the photos that they requested and they said, Oh, we, we don't want the uh, watermarks on these. And I said, um, I'm sorry. That's going and they're but they're still for social media, but we'll tag you on social media. And they are notorious for not tagging anyone on social media. And so, uh, I said, uh, I'm sorry that you're going to have to go through the bride then because I'm super busy and I just kind of blew him off. You're going to have to go through the bride then. Well, what kind of because, customer experience uh, are you creating for your bride <laughs> now, Dustin? Now your bride's going to get hassled. That's fine. Her vendor was being an <laughs> asshole. I did not have time to deal with that. <laughs> I'm going to push a known asshole onto my client's lap because I don't want to deal with it. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, does your does your approach differ at all, or is it I I hate I hate watermarks on images. I hate it, hate it, hate so it. So do I. Um, and that, but that's why I do it that way. Because and they they gotta hate it too, right? But mm -hmm. then because they hate it so much, then they want to buy it, right? Yeah. I like. Yeah. I uh, Steve doesn't like money though. I, I hate money. I hate money so much. Um, Jen and I typically, if like a if a vendor reaches out to us and offers to purchase the photos from us, a lot of times we'll be really good about getting photos back to them. And typically if they do something like that, we would give them the photos for free just because they offered in the first place. Um, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this. How many vendors listen to this podcast? Uh, but if a vendor were to reach out and just be like, can I get the photos? Then it becomes more of a thing where it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to respond to this or if I'm going to be like, Hey, uh, 
we actually don't share photos or whatever. Um, I just like the, the, the big problem with the people who reached out to me about the photo they wanted to use of mine was uh, they wanted to use it for free and they wanted it like with, they wanted it, they were willing to have it with a watermark, but they would prefer it without one. And I was like, I would give it to you without a watermark, like right now, because we've worked with you a bunch of times. You guys are super nice. We like you a lot. And it's not really a big deal to me. I don't think I'm ever going to get any business from you or anything, but I mean, I just, I would give it to you if like you have like a little thing up that just says like, Hey, this is shot by Steven Van Alk. Um, and they said they weren't going to do that. And so like the reason why I put it like and marked it as like, I'll get back to this tomorrow is because I had to make a decision about whether or not I wanted to add my watermark, which I really didn't want to do. And if I was going to add my watermark, I was going to have to see like, how do I want to go about doing this? Because I've never done it before because I've never been in a situation where somebody wanted to use my work without crediting me and also didn't really want to pay me, which is kind of why I let it just slide for 30 days and then got back to them. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, like they had gone to somebody else and I was okay with that. Cause like, I don't, we've given like albums out to venues to use as like things to show like their clients and like put like our watermark in the front and stuff. And like, I, I don't feel like it works. I don't feel like you ever get much back from it. No, so I, I really like you what you were saying, Andy, about like, Hey, you can pay me for this <laughs> and so, just maybe starting to say that all the time. But I mean, I feel like you got to get into licensing then too, because uh, I feel like you, you guys were discussing on one of your recent podcasts, Andy, you said something about having one of your photos on a site for a bridal store, one of the biggest bridal stores in New York. Yeah, it was on the, for, it was up for one year. It was on Kleinfeld Bridal, which is yeah. the number one new store in New York city that was on that reality TV show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had it on there for a year and I was like, yeah, sure. Use my image f- for free and just put my name underneath there. And, and zero contacts, not, yeah. not once to the bride did contact. They, did they at least give you a link back to your website for SEO so there, purposes? There wasn't even a link back. It was just Ooh. my name under the photo. Yeah. I probably, I was, I was young and dumb when that happened. It was like one of my second, uh, second year shooting or something like that. And I didn't really know how usage in the commercial world worked at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in the wedding photography section of that. So I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll get a few weddings, like high end New York city brides because of this. And not once, not one time did somebody look at the image and then say, Hey, who is the photographer? And then Google me and contact me not once, you know? So, um, so, so that I learned a lesson on that, that I'm like, you know what? It does absolutely nothing. So because it does nothing, I'm at least going to charge something for it. Um, if somebody wants to use an image, um, depending on the scale and if it's regional or if it's, you know, larger, and then you get into all the usage, uh, issues you know so mm-hmm. i guess it all depends on the venue too you know there are there are a couple of venues that they just send us brides non-stop and absolutely use my images however you guys want if mm-hmm. you guys continue doing that you know if you want to send me five to ten brides per per year i mean do the math you know i'll, I'll make much more money off, off of those weddings versus uh you know, selling, selling an unwatermarked image to them for mm-hmm. usage for a year. Um, but if there, there are, uh, if there are venues that don't put me on the vendor list or don't send me any brides at all, then no, you, you get the, uh, you get the, you know, the watermark image. Right. Wait, so I have a question for you though. Uh, so Jen and I got a contact today from somebody who said we were on a preferred vendor list for a venue we've never worked with before, never shot at. <laughs> 
It's totally, totally so awesome. That's, right. That's pretty amazing to make that yeah. list. Having never shot there before. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I don't talented. even know who the people are who work there. Um, I don't know how we got on this list. The closest thing we can think is they asked like a wedding planner who were like some good photographers or whatever. Um, so like, would you, for a client like that, if they like a, a venue like that, would you consider like your first wedding there giving them something then like, because they were recommending you before you had even shot there. Like, absolutely. Like, oh yeah, yeah. definitely. And that I case, mean, I, yeah. I, would, I would give it maybe like, um, like six, six to 12 months. I would, but if, if, if you don't book a wedding there, like within 12 months, then, you know, just, you, you gotta go say, Hey, you're cut off. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. If it was like a definite referral or two, like, absolutely coming from them, you know, like that their hands out, like, sure. I mean, that's that there's more value to that mm-hmm. than, than what I would be charging per image. But, but for the other venue, you know, these other venues that are just contacting you after the wedding that are like maybe even in a different part of the state, you'll never even be in again. Um, you know, I'm, you know, you got to charge for that. Like, Cause there is no value. There's no value for me to me taking the time to going through and, and figuring out what the, you know, after you select the images, I, I pick them out and then send them your way and then watermark them. If you want to use them, like there's not much value uh, to me to, to do that. Um, especially if they don't want to use the watermark. So actually I got, this is actually yesterday. I got a message from a venue Um you know, saying, Hey, blah, blah, blah. This is so-and-so from so-and-so venue. Can we use, um, this, uh, photograph? Um, and she sends me a shot that I took a few, and this is like a wedding back in like 2015 or something. And, and, you know, I'm going to have to go back and dig into the archives to like find this image. And, uh, so I responded back pretty much like what I just said with that previous thing. Hey, so-and-so, uh, no problem. I'll provide you a copy with a watermark. If you'd like to use a version without a watermark, I try to keep rates reasonable at such and such a price under a few hundred bucks, an image for regional use. Let me know if you'd like to go in either direction with it. And thanks. Pos- uh, exclamation point, keeping it positive. And then she responds back. She's like, if we pay the, the, the price, um, can we get color and black and white? And I respond back, of mm. course. Um, so how do we do this then send a check? And I'm like, no, I'll send you an online invoice. So I, so I sent her the online invoice. And then after I send the online invoice, she says, if we credit you underneath the photo, would it still be such and such a price? So she's like going back and like not wanting to pay the invoice after I've already <laughs> sent the invoice. Right. <laughs> like, like, Hey, if we credit you, can we, do we not have to pay this? And no, I specifically said, so I, so I respond back. Hey, just sent the invoice for social media using a non-watermarked image with photo credit is okay. For anything else, I'm happy to provide a watermarked version, but it must include the watermark as provided. And then she responds back, hi, Andy, we never got the invoice, even though I <laughs> sent her the damn invoice to both email addresses that she wanted me to send it to. Um, and then eventually they, they paid the invoice and, um, you know, I sent, sent the images. So, so they wanted it, they wanted the images, right. But just, they didn't want the watermark. And that's why I send it the way that I do, because, you know, if you want to use it for free and you, and my, and you want to use the ugly version with my watermark, then by all means, go ahead. My name's definitely going to be on there. And if for some reason you didn't, then you get, you have grounds for illegal action because they mm-hmm. are not following suit with what you, what you gave them usage for Right. Yeah. Um, did so, you put a, did you put a time frame on that? Like a year, two oh, years? No, no, I do no. unlimited. You know what? It's regional use. You know, for pay, life. Pay, pay me one time and leave that up there for the rest. of I don't really care. You know what I mean? Oh, that was for their actual like venue though, like on the wall, right? Yeah. They, if they, it was they, a website, oh, okay. would it be a licensed? Well, like, they use? can. 
Yeah, so they want to use it like on their brochure that they're going to put okay. together for packets when brides come in. Like, and it's going to be like right on probably the main thing or whatever. But like, fine. I don't, you know, like you paid me one time. At least acknowledge that my work is worth something for the love of God. You know, like um, if you're going to end up doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, so I got paid something. I mean, it's not not a crazy amount of money, like under a few hundred bucks. You know what I mean? But um, but it's something. You know, I mean, because otherwise I'm not there's no value to that unless they're going to specifically refer me. And if I told them, yeah, sure, go ahead and put my name underneath the images. How many weddings would I get from that? None. You know, <laughs> OK, so get this. There, there's a there's a venue that, um, you know, I, I give them a watermarked image uh, to use for social media. And what do you know? On one of the most popular it's located on one of the most popular streets in here in Western New York, in Buffalo, New York. And they have a sign printed sign out on the street with my image with the watermark on it <laughs> like this is, having a, a printed sign on the street is not social media <laughs> so what did you do how did well, you police that i i'm i'm too damn busy right now you to, i just I, no i just left it i was like oh god that's horrible that's free advertising even, oh absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> But but you know what the the guy who contacted me he's he's an older guy he he doesn't know I, I don't think he he really knows what the, what the difference between social media is and media all, all that stuff so I just I just kind of had to laugh and shake my head but you know what but you know what they've already sent a couple of weddings my way so I'm not uh, I'm not gonna complain about it too much it's just one of those shake my head as I drove by kind of thing. You should yeah. just add, you should tell him you'll you'll pay to have a bigger sign made for him of <laughs> yeah. your image with in, with in a high resolution watermark in high resolution that you'll gladly put out front for them. Just just actually just info. pay to have a bigger watermark made for them, right? <laughs> if, if we curve the uh, the question back around though, so if you're uh, if you're just starting out as a photographer. How do you uh, how do you identify the venues you want to work with? Because we talked a lot about like relationships and building relationships and like mm-hmm. places you want to work with, letting them use your work. How do how do you identify those if maybe like you're just starting out and you've only shot at a few venues and like you don't really know which venues are good or bad or anything like that? Is that something that you feel like it's okay to like talk to other photographers in your area? Like like say you, there's like a local like Buffalo, New York Facebook wedding photographers group. And you just post it and you're like, hey, um, this venue asked to use my thing. Is that a good idea? Is it a, is it a good idea to even post to a Facebook group to like get other photographers' opinions? Or like how, how close do you play that to the sleeve? And like how do you identify like places you want to be in? There's a fine line there. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't contact a local photography group. I would mm-hmm. contact maybe a close, couple close friends that I knew in the area. Um, and definitely, if if I were new, I would probably check out the reviews of the place. If I've never been there, if I, if I never work, want to work there, um, but I mean, if if it's if it's a really well known place, then I would definitely jump on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is, is uh, when you say the 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 Buffalo or the Western New York uh, photo chat group, that you know, like all these groups, you have the wide gamut of experience and and people mm-hmm. that are in there, and you post a question like that, you're going to get. You know, you're going to get the wide gamut of responses in terms of in terms of all that. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you do. It is better to it depends on it depends on what you're asking, you know, if, if you want to, you know, get as far as like posting that to like the local group, because there is like um, I'm all about 
like being open and honest, even when Neil and I, we first started doing this podcast, we're like, you know, do we really want to kind of like inform the competition in our area of like exactly what we're doing, you know? But like the reality is, is like all this stuff is out there on YouTube anyway. It's all out there, you know, to some level, Mm -hmm. some extent or another. So like we might as well do it and be known as kind of leaders in our area, right? And then grow by doing it, you know, because we were continuing to do it. We're, you're talking to other people, and and you, I think you learn best by teaching. And because we learn best by teaching, you know, a lot of these topics and ideas as they come up in our business on a day to day life, we're just better at at our job and our craft and the business and all that kind of stuff, you know, before having done it. So, um, you know, but but there is like when it comes to like. I'm even pretty open on the podcast about like pricing. Sometimes I even you know, put out there like what I charge and what I'm trying to, but not all the time. Like there are some things that, that you do kind of want to, you know, that are like, I didn't mention like the price of what I'm charging for, for, for the image, you know, for that, for that, you know, so there are some things that, that maybe, you know, we, you don't need to reveal everything, you know, about mm-hmm. what we're doing, but, but it's, I guess it depends on the topic. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you guys, uh, do you guys uh, reveal the, the price of how much you charge for your last wedding on your podcast? Dustin, how much sure. did you make on your last wedding? Uh, $10,265. Okay. There might've been some change in there too. Okay. Nice. Uh, um, for me it's probably only around 3000 cause I was the primary shooter. When Jen's the primary shooter, it's so much more expensive. So oh, I was second shooting too. Oh, I should yeah. mention that. I was <laughs> you personally shooting. made 10,200. Yeah. <laughs> Second shooting. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Steep yeah. rates over here in Indiana. Nice. Are you guys from the same area? Are you guys? Uh, Dustin comes from a podunk town called Fort Wayne, and I come from a podunk town called Noblesville. We're about two hours apart. Okay. Similar to, then? Sim- similar to Buffalo. Do you, Buffalo say, do you ask okay. for your competition, okay. Neil? Yeah. Uh, not really, but every once in a while, Dustin does indie weddings, which I'm like 30 minutes outside of indie. And every once in a while, Jen and I do Fort Wayne weddings. And every okay. once in a while, Dustin shoots for us or we'll shoot for him or whatever. Oh, that's know, cool. If somebody's nice. sick or whatever. Dustin's yeah. one of the few photographers we like really trust in the area. So, yeah, when I was listening to last week's episode with Jen, Steve, sorry, boys, uh, you mentioned something about when you hire second shooters, you like them to play to their strengths. So you mm-hmm. just let them yeah. play. So when I did that wedding for you a couple of years ago and you're like, Dustin's just so good. I'm just going to let him take the whole wedding and not show up. Was mm-hmm. that you just letting me play to my strengths? It definitely had nothing to do with me being in the ER with my daughter. Yeah, definitely. Right. Definitely just, just me being like, Dustin's better than me. He should come shoot this wedding. You know, yeah. I shouldn't do it. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted yeah, to you get nailed that it. out there. I'm, I'm glad we got that out there in the public. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> does, um, does Dustin's headphones and jacket match? Every time that you guys record, or is that just special tonight? Uh, well, I try I to mean, match my headphones to Steve's, like, the bill of his hat, so we kind of have some branding going mm-hmm. on there. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of times Dustin will dye his hair orange as well, um, so then it kind of, like, <laughs> makes it just look like he has these two earmuffs on each side, and, like, the <laughs> headband of the uh, headphones <laughs> blends in with his hair, but apparently he took a shower today or something. It's gross. It's <laughs> <laughs> Just for you guys. <laughs> so beautiful, guys. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, hey, uh, before you guys came onto this podcast earlier this morning, I said, hey, reminder, we're going to record tonight. And I said, everybody bring a topic. So, uh, Dustin, I want to know, what is your t- pre-planned topic that you have ready to go right now when I ask you this question? 
Well, I had two topic. things in yes. mind. One that Steve forced down my throat, and then the other one uh, that actually came up at a wedding a couple of weeks ago. It's not really so much a topic, but more just a social interaction. Curious how you, as two famous, uh, nearly celebrity-style photographers, <laughs> would handle. Um, so you're at a wedding, all right? Walk with me through this scenario. <laughs> you're at a wedding. You're at the reception portion of the event, right? You're both nearly famous when it comes to the wedding world. You're shooting the reception and some random ass guest walks up to you and they go, Andy Buscemi, Neil Urban. Oh my gosh. I knew that was you from across the room. And so now you're playing that game. You're racking your brain. You're like, shit, is this a groom I photographed? Is this, was this a groomsman? Is this my cousin? I don't know. Um, so, so you're playing that game and then they're like, I, I, they're like, I don't think you actually know who I am, but I follow you on Instagram. Hmm. And that's the end of that conversation. And I, where do you take it from there? I, so this happened to me and I was just like, cool, man. That that's awesome. Are yeah. you engaged? <clears throat> no, no, not engaged. Great. So, so very interesting years ago, this is like, you know, this is like four years ago, something like that. I'm out map shooting this wedding and that's like one of those venues where there's like two weddings going on kind of a thing. And I'm shooting this wedding and this girl comes up to me and, you know, and I, and we introduce, you know, you say hi to the other photographer and I like over, we say hi to each other. And she's like, what's your name? And my name's, my name's Andy. She's like, what's your, what's your last name? I'm like, my name's Andy Buscemi. And literally, and I'm not even just saying this, like this literally, I've never felt more like a beetle in my life. This girl's like, oh my God, you're Andy Buscemi. And she right. literally like, um, it, it was, it was, re it was crazy. You know, like just like her response and her reaction. I felt like I was like a beetle. I was like, she's like, I'm doing what I'm doing because of you and, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's, and, but what do you say to that? You're like, oh, thanks. Um, I appreciate that. There's nothing that you can really even say. I'm like, thanks a lot. I'm just a guy with a camera. Mm -hmm. Take care. Have a good one. <laughs> you know, like you inspired um, her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But what do you, what do you say yeah, to that? It's like, there's yeah, nothing real, really to say. So I just walked I, away. I've never felt more like a rock star than, than that moment. The, the girl was fangirling over me. Um, I think this is what you say. Look, um, I am Andy Buscemi, uh, of the wedding photographers unite podcast. I don't know if you've heard of that. Here's the URL and here's the URL for our merch page. And here's the URL for our Patreon. And <laughs> you know, if you could just go ahead and sign up, I also do, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one educational mentorships and I, I would love to get you down for some of that time. It's just $1,000 an hour. Um, right. And I don't take any new clients on if they're not willing to do, you know, 10 sessions with me at two hours a piece. Mm -hmm. Neil, what do you do when a girl fangirls all over you? Andy, how, <laughs> Andy, <laughs> how, how did we meet? Or boy, um, or boy. About eight years ago. Oh, <laughs> whoa, interesting. Interesting topic. And Neil just Neil just asked me how did I meet him, and I was fangirling all over Neil when I first met Neil. We were at we were at one of those uh, we were at the 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 Buffalo wedding venue of venues where there's ten weddings going on at the same location, and we were both wow. shooting wedding. I was I like, remember I was I was walking out to my car I think to get a tripod or something, mm -hmm. and uh, there was not, uh, not a another. Another photographer working with a bride and groom, and all of a sudden I hear my my name get yelled out across the parking lot. 
Like, yep. who is this loud guy with the same haircut <laughs> as I have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but, but we did chat like online before that though. So right. Right. definitely knew who you were, but you know, I, I just kind of keep it really simple. I say really nice to meet you. And, um, what's, what's really weird is when you really, really, really feel cool, like a celebrity is when they actually want to take a selfie with you. Yes. Wow. Special. <laughs> but no, you just ask them if they're having a good time and, um, it's, it's so nice to meet them in person and, you know, hope to, you know, see, you know, well, you know, like in, the, the serious side of this is when that happens, that means that all the marketing stuff that we do, like in the name and the branding that we do is working. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause I remember when I first started shooting, there were like a couple of photographers in our area, Neil being one of them, you know, but there were, there were, there were a few photographers in my area that I was like, Whoa, that guy, you know, and like, you like there's the branding thing and all that kind of thing. And, um, and now when I look back on it, I'm like, okay, that that's just the marketing that just kind of was doing its job basically. Right. You know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, there is associated, our names are associated with our work and the style and how we present ourselves online and all that kind of thing. You know, if the marketing was really working, it'd be happening more often. Right. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Got to double down yeah. on all your marketing now. Well, dude, hundred percent. And when you look at like, 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 uh, like celebrity photographers in our world, like when you look at a Sam Hurd or somebody like that, that really is just destroying it on social media. Um, his, his branding is just, is just, you know, at that level times 10, right. It's like, it's like something works about the way he's shooting, the way he's presenting himself and all that kind of thing, all in this package that um, the branding really just kind of works. So, so I met Sam Hurd. He did uh, photos so of Jen I. and I. Mm-hmm. And um, when I met him, I was uh, second shooting for my wife, but not really into wedding photography at all. And I had no idea who he was. And I was just like, oh, this photographer's super nice. And Jen was like, he's basically like a famous photographer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, I just thought he was a super cool guy. He was like talking us through, like he, he went through like throughout the entire shoot and was like, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm doing this. And it was like, it felt like I was at his workshop when we were just doing an engagement shoot with him. Cause he like explained everything and it kind of mm-hmm. like changed going forward for me, the way I approach like engagement shoots and stuff where in the past I would just be like, Hey, I want you guys to do whatever. And then like I'd shoot it or whatever. And then like after that, I was like, maybe I need to be more hands-on and like kind of explain to them um, what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it and what I'm hoping to achieve so that they have an idea. And if it works out, then I might show them a photo from the back of the camera. <laughs> and that's if it like doesn't work out, a, then I'm just like, well, I'll move on. It's like going to a magic show, Steve. That's like going to a magic show. And then the magician's like, so this is the trick I'm about to perform. Um, here, see those strings there? Those are going to drop down. The secret door opens. No, man, you just take the picture and then you show them the back of the camera and they're like, oh, my God, that's amazing, Stephen Van Elk. I didn't know you had that in you. I guess I could do it that way, too. Yeah. 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 The magic inside me is Mm -hmm. what I need to save. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Don't give it all away. Not to everybody. Save some. Yes. Uh, Stephen Van Elk. (laughs) Save some of the magic for the wedding night. Yeah. They won't buy the cows. They're getting the milk for free. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, man. Stephen Van Elk, uh, the topic that you brought to the table tonight is? The topic I brought to the table tonight. Um, 
So <laughs> Matthew Dartford wrote in our fa- in our Facebook group, the Wedding Hangover Facebook group, um, and he shared a Reddit post, and he asked us if we could discuss that. And the Reddit post is about non-disparagement clauses. Somebody on Reddit wrote that they were planning their wedding, and they just got the prospective photographer's contract. And there is a non-disparagement clause in the contract, which concerns them as somebody trying to book a photographer. Um, and they said this photographer has been featured on their venue's website. They post their current work on Instagram, and they seem to be very busy during the wedding season. So they have no reason to be concerned by the communication they've had with the photographer. And they have been very professional thus far. And uh, this person said they attempted to reach out to their venue's coordinator, but she's currently out of the office for the week. And they just wanted to check in with people online, uh, specifically with wedding photographers, because they posted in the R slash wedding photography subreddit, um, to see if this is normal. Do photographers include non-disparagement clauses? So I was really curious. Uh, Andy and Neil, you guys working in New York, it seems to be seems to be a bigger market and maybe a more competitive market than here in Indiana, do you guys have non-disparagement clauses? Mm, Mr. Urban, why don't you take that one first? Uh, no. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, can you no. describe a non-disparagement clause one more time just for the sake of myself? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll read through. They, they actually posted the entire non-disparagement clause on, on Reddit. Okay, so the, the client agrees that they will not at any time make directly or indirectly any oral or written public statements that are disparaging of said photography company and shall refrain from making any false, negative, critical, or disparaging statements slash reviews implied or expressed concerning the photography company, including but not limited to limited to communication style, methods of doing business, its products or services, the quality of products and services, the role of the company in the community, and any of its present or former independent contractors. The clients further agree to do nothing that would damage the business's reputation or the goodwill of the photography company. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't have that. Um, go ahead and slander me. Slander me. <laughs> slander my business. Tell tell everybody what a horrible photographer I am. Um, I've always just felt like you know if you if you you know if you kill it right if you just over deliver and you over deliver on your personality and love and all that kind of stuff with your clients. Generally, you you generally don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. However, there are crazy human beings and crazy individuals out there, and that's why we have contracts that say the things that they do, like what you just read. And probably I should have that in there with all the stuff that I have in my contract anyway. That's just for the crazy people, right? Um, yeah, I probably should have that in there, but I don't. And I understand exactly why somebody would have that in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If, if I was, you know, I'm confident in our, our, uh, the way we, you know, handle our clients and the way we, we treat people, um, and the way we deliver our work and quality of work. If, if I was a company that if I had like multiple photographers working for me that I have no control over, that's when I would put something like that in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But uh, when it's just my wife and I, and we're very, very hands-on, and we get to know our, our clients, just like I'm sure all you guys do, um, I, I, I don't think I have to worry about that too much. And if I do, I'm very good friends with our lawyer, and I will call him and have him deal with the situation after that. Nice. Now, did you 
did you guys have that in there or is this something you're now considering because that's been going around? Um, Jen and I have not ever had anything like that in there just cause it feels dirty to include a non-disparagement clause. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like uh, how, how would, how would I feel if I was booking somebody and they said, Oh right. yeah. Also, if I screw up big time and do a terrible job, you're not allowed to say I screwed up big time and did a terrible job. Like mm. Mm. I feel like that's, I feel like but there's something wrong that. with that. They're not saying that you can't say, they're just saying, come to us, let us rectify this. Don't take it to the court of public opinion. If that's how you interpret it, Dustin, that's great. Um, a court of law, I think, would interpret it as you're not allowed to say shit. So <laughs> Right. It's backing you up if somebody, say, for example, you deliver an album and they thought they were getting 40 pages and their contract and package is for 30 pages and they're batshit crazy and they're like well holy shit this photographer cheated me he's an asshole i'm gonna blow him up on the interwebs well see the thing is, is that that's what online reviews are for that's what a referral word of mouth is for mm -hmm. um if, if if you have a, a past of treating clients badly in the in the past then it's going to get around to people it's going to get around on the web as well. If I were to hire a photographer that had that in their contract, it would probably raise a f red flag for me. Yeah. I would probably mm -hmm. like, okay, these these people have probably went through something in the past. I'm going to think on, you know, I'm going to think a day or two of hiring them. And in that day or two, I'm going to do some research, ask around, search the forums, all that good stuff, and then uh, see what I can find. So you guys have never had a crazy bride that you've been like fearful that this is the one. This I've had one, one or that, two, that but ruins we, it all. I've had, I've had, I've had not not so much the bride, probably the, like the mother of the bride. Um, I've had a couple of those, but um, we diffuse the situation pretty quickly. By depends on the situation. Yeah, you know, like the way that contracts are are written, or the way that we can write our contracts. Sometimes it's just the language that's. Right. And, and, and some of my first versions of the contracts that I had going, like different sections were like the, written in this like hard kind of way that was like saying something that, um, you know, the couple can or can't do, or that I was going to deliver on and, or take my time with or something like that. And since then I've kind of realized that like a lot of that stuff, I, and I always go over the contract with the couple. Like I always do that at all my, even my initial consults, I do that at initial consults or at least the points that I want to talk about, but I kind of humanize it. You know, when I talk about it, even if the language looks kind of like, kind of, you know, by the, by the numbers or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I've, I've since kind of like decided to like go back into some of those sections and make the, the, the language, even though it's saying something, make it say the same thing, but make it sound a little bit nicer, you know, because that can turn somebody off from, from our business. You know, like if I was hiring somebody and I'm looking like, like Neil, with what you just said, if I'm looking at some contract and, and I'm, I think two photographers, their quality work is about equal and I'm deciding between them. And one is, is really kind of intense. Um, I might consider to go with, uh, the photographer that, that, you know, has things said a little bit more plainly, right. Um, maybe, uh, you know, or if, depending on what, what they have in there, or what they don't. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I actually kind of want to go back into some, my, some of my contract and just make things a little bit softer the way that it said, but essentially saying the same exact thing. And really we should be checking all this stuff over with lawyers before we do anything and, and all that. But, um, but lawyers are know, marketers and what you're talking about is using your contract as marketing, which I, I agree with. I feel like it is a part of it because we've had clients come back to us on contract stuff because it turned them off or whatever. Right. And ask it's us about it. 
It's part of our brand. You know, if, if we want, um, if the next time we go out to a wedding and we're shooting at a venue um, where there's other um, photographers and we want them to fangirl or fanboy all over us, um, you know, that's part of it, right? If we have, if they have the contract, that, that oh, can do it. So you're actively going out and seeking shooting positions where you could get fangirled or fanboyed on by oh, other photographers. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> isn't that the point of what we're doing? You know, it's, it's not just about the money, right? It's about the fame and the glory. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you guys some like weird questions from Facebook? Oh yeah, we're ready. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve. Okay, so this one comes from just a completely, totally random Facebook group. Um, and Mike asked, "What is the explanation for the ladder prop?" <laughs> random Facebook group, just random. Don't even know where it came from. Neil, did you want to take this one? You know, you know, I saw that. I saw I, I, that. Neil's answer was good, and it makes sense. But I saw that, and I didn't know what the hell this person was talking about. I was like, like I literally felt like it was somebody asking the question, "What is the reason for the um, for the melon in the corner of the room?" I was like, "Why is this person posting this in this Facebook group? What is he even talking about?" You know, <laughs> but. But then I just, through I the just same random Facebook groups we are. What's that? Are you digging through the same random Facebook groups we are for these questions? <laughs> yes. This this by the way is in the Wedding Photographers Unite Facebook group. This oh, is no, no, let's be nice. Let's be nice. This person could be a listener, so we, we gotta be nice and respectful. Oh yeah. No, so. absolutely. But but I didn't but I didn't put two and two together. Honestly, like I didn't. And even like the other people responding on that and they were like, Well, it could be this, it could be that. I didn't put two and two together until Neil, you responded today. And I was like, Oh yeah, we do use those in kind of cool and creative ways. Um, so I, I might be somewhat obsessed with ladders if you guys can see uh, behind me. You guys, you guys see that stuff back there? All those fancy ladders. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, I, I I love them. I wonder if this question was like kind of geared towards me because I use them so much. I, I was kind of I was kind of wondering that. Yeah. I mean, I included it because of your response to the person. <laughs> Well, I just showed an example of how I use ladders and, you know, and a couple explanations. But my first response, I had about 20, out of about 20 something explanations of uh, how much I like, I'm glad I like, I like to use ladders. But man, I think I only put like seven or eight. <laughs> so, so let's get them. Let's get the full 20 here on the podcast. <sighs> Number 20. <laughs> Number 20. Start Counting from the down. bottom. <laughs> And work it, work your way up the ladder. Really, you want me to go? Want me to go through them? Okay. For one, if you have big groups in a very small space, very easy to pose people. People like to be higher up; they feel more confident. Um, but see, if I can push if, back you know, on that, Neil, that makes you the yep. photographer lower down in comparison. Now you've oh, lost right. your you have confidence. Step stools. I have step stools <laughs> <laughs> because they come in all different shapes and sizes. And man, they are cheap as hell. I have not paid over 20 bucks on one of these nice ladders in, in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have texture. They have character. Um, let's see. Oh, you can find them almost anywhere. Flea markets, estate sales, uh, antique shops. They're all there. No matter which store you go to, they always have a ladder, I guarantee you. Um, can, can I just stop now? Do you think <laughs> you can stop now? You can stop. <laughs> Just getting dresses, even in kids, you, they have like those little wooden step ladders for kids. 
uh, for families. Oh my gosh, I always have step ladders around. And they're mobile, you can bring them with you. And think of it this way, they're staircases that are collapsible. So they take up absolutely no room in your room. Well, that uh, Mike, what else, guys? How much else do you want? For the, I'm going to write a book ladder. on on ladders. I'm going to create a YouTube page just on photographing with ladders. Do you think like every every podcast episode, more and more ladders start appearing in the back of Neil's screen there, and then just by by you know by, by next year at this time, <laughs> there's just ladders surrounding him. Room. You just need well, to sell well, your then. own ladder, the Neil Urban Legacy Ladder. Yes. And then when people fangirl or fanboy out on you, you can just be like, oh, yeah, go check out neilurban.ladders.com where you I can should. sell them all your ladders. It's, it's mm-hmm. a perfect ladder for the photographer. <laughs> so kind of kind of kind of a similar vein. Uh, Sarah from a random Facebook group also asked, I see a lot of boudoir shoots with poles. Can someone explain why? Neil, do you want to take this one, too? No. <laughs> so this, uh, this one's kind of real and kind of interesting. That was, that was just a joke when I found I didn't think we'd have much to say on that. But Steph from a random Facebook group actually asked, uh, I showed up to a wedding reception after the guests had been let into the room. They weren't supposed to be in for another 30 minutes. I obviously didn't get an empty room shot. I asked the venue coordinator if there's any way to clear the room, and she just laughed and walked away. I tried taking a bunch of photos, thinking I could Photoshop a composite together, but oh, that was God. foolish, and after a few hours of staring at all the photos, I realized <laughs> it would never work. What can I do in the future to clear the room when the guests are let in early? Talk to your bride and, bride and groom, tell them that you need to be back uh, to the rehearsal about 15, 20 minutes before... Um, cocktail hour starts so you can take details of the room or have your second shooter go over there and do that before mm-hmm. a cocktail opens or um, if they just, have their own car or just let it be to be honest that's one of those things that I I feel like I was listening to you guys a while ago now and I think like Dustin you guys are like really into like getting like the clean room shots or the open room and I heard about and I just heard you kind of going on about like making that shot happen and I, I just don't do that. I just kind of like, if I go in, if it's, if it's there, if that room shot isn't, if there's people in there by the time I get there, I just take the room shot with a few people and a few bodies in there. And that's what it was. Here mm-hmm. I am. I'm documenting the room as best I could in the situation. Um, and unless I know that the couple is like a super detail oriented couple and they just want all those details and they want everything. And I shoot, and going wrong, I shoot all the details every way in all ways, shapes and forms. If it can possibly be important to the couple, I try and take it. But like, there's some things like that, that it's just like, you know what, this room shot's going to be what it's going to be. You take the room shot and you deliver it as it is in the best or shoot a corner of the room, right? You shoot a corner of the room where there's like five tables. You can get like the, you know, the five tables that look good or something like that. Um, I don't know. Or do it during dinner when all their guests are sitting down. You know, sometimes couples like to see their guests in some shots or you could do a long exposure a little bit later in the night. And then everybody will be like walking around, be all blurred. But you guys really, you guys, you really all about that, right? You guys always get that every time, the empty room shot, try and make it that happen. Nope. nope. Okay. Maybe I was listening to something else. Oh I, no, I, that's I uh, that's pull the fire alarm. Yeah. 
Actually, one time when I was shooting with Dustin, he actually called it a bomb threat. And then he quick made me run back to his car. I had to put on like a police SWAT uniform. And then I had to drive a drone in to do photos of it, you know, pretending that I was checking the room for a bomb. And then I had to give the all clear. It was real, real crazy. You guys don't keep a like a SWAT bomb threat suit in the back? (laughs) And, And a little robot, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or or she just goes over and she pulls the fire alarm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes that's easier. Right out of the room. There you, you have go. to make sure there aren't sprinklers, though. Right. I don't know, that dude. Could really you know, put a you, you get a room shot with a bunch of sprinklers going. That's that's going to be beautiful. You throw some flashes in there, really catch all the water in the air. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you backlight those. You backlight all the <laughs> raindrops. Like, like, yeah. And that's a really beautiful image. Need, you know, of all the waterfalls when you have a sprinkler going off. Okay, I see what you guys are picking up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Put, putting down, picking up. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. Anyway. Don't, don't bring up waterfalls, man. I had a client, a uh, potential client, email me today. She was going to get married at a park with, like, a waterfall. She wanted to get married under the waterfall in Indiana, at Cataract Falls in Indiana. And I was so pumped. She was like, you're the only photographer we're talking to. And we're basing the date of our wedding on when you're available. I was like, I got this one in the bag. Sends me a message today. So my sister said she could do it for free. Oh, oh God. <laughs> this is after she told me during the meeting that she wasn't inviting either one of her sisters. And one of her sisters really wanted to come. And I was like... Oh, that sister volunteered to do the photography for free just so she could be at the wedding. Just to come. I was like, I knew I knew during the meeting, I should have said to her, like, listen, just invite your sister when she told me she wasn't inviting her sisters. <laughs> but no, I kept my mouth shut. And I was like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I feel like, like some people need to find things out the hard way. You know yeah. what I mean? That wedding goes terribly. And then and then the other sister ends up hiring somebody because they they feel like they realize that, you know, that's that sometimes half the time, you know, people come in and they say those horror stories of it going terribly. Then the, the next family member knows, oh, we actually do need to pay for somebody that knows what they're doing. But I was just I so know. pumped. It's like, how often do you get like an adventure elopement wedding in Indiana under a waterfall? Like that doesn't happen. And now it's not happening for me. <laughs> Just still go shoot it, man. <laughs> Just show up on the day. Yeah. Show that passion. <laughs> Earn that paycheck, Steven. Non-existent paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had, I had a Chicago wedding inquiry that was that I felt like was I you know I shot a friend's wedding and I felt it was like pretty much in the bag and we we're setting up the meeting and I like set up the meeting. It was like over Skype and that kind of thing. And, but it was like that day that I set it up. And then this other, so like this bank in our area was like, had been trying to set up this one date for the same night. And I never heard back from them for like a few days about shooting this gig. Right. And then like that day, as soon as I set up the meeting with the Chicago girl, the, the bank, says, Hey, you know, we do want you to shoot our event. And how do we make the down payment? Like for the night that I set up her consult. And, and so I was like, Oh my God, you know, now I got to deal with trying to, trying to reschedule this thing or whatever. And, or maybe I just don't and take the, take the meeting on the Chicago wedding. So, but because it was so close, I was like, all right, I'm going to message this Chicago girl and basically be like, Hey, um, you know, I know that um, we just set this meeting up. If it's okay with you, um, I did have this other event. You know, they've been kind of going back and forth. They do want to hire me that night. Is it okay if we swap, switch the day or do the uh, the meeting later on that mm. night or, or switch the day? 
And uh, she responds back. She's like, oh, yeah, that's no problem. Um, that sounds good. And and OK, go for it. And I'm like, all right. OK, so then I booked this other event and I offered. Her, I said, I won't take it. You know what I mean? I basically said, you know, like if you if you want to keep the time, that's totally fine. But if, if you're OK with it, I'm going to I'm going to, uh, you know, we can if we can move it back a couple hours or the next day. And so she says, go ahead. And then I do. And then I reach back out to, to set up this meeting with this girl and nothing crickets. And then, and then like a week later, mm. like, hey, hey, you know, just checking back in. Nothing cricket. So I'm like, oh, man, I lost that Chicago wedding because I rescheduled the meeting. But I gave her the option. I said, you know, I don't have to. I'll, I'm happy Steve, to keep the meeting the Chicago same. Chicago wedding. What's that? What? Steve, didn't you just book a Chicago wedding? <laughs> no, no, I did not. No. <laughs> Chicago engagements, lots of them, but no weddings. Mm. It's all mm. it's all couples coming from Chicago, making that two hour trip to Indy so that they can get married much, much cheaper than they could in Chicago. Mm. Yeah, mm. Andy, you could have come and visited us. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's not going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, he would fly, Dustin. Come on. We're a flyover state, Indiana. Fly to Fort Wayne, and then oh, you could crash God. here, and then rent a car, drive three and a half hours to Chicago. It's a no-brainer, really. Yeah. So, actually... Um, <laughs> That question can lead right into uh, one more that I just wanted to, to bring up tonight. M- maybe maybe that, that's it, or maybe one more. Who knows? But uh, just one other one that I wanted to hit from Molly, and this kind of relates. Um, can you guys talk about wedding consults? Do you always have one before a couple officially books you? What do you talk about? If you meet, do you meet at a coffee shop or a winery? Do you pay for the couple? If you're going to a winery or you go to a coffee shop? Um, so far, all of her clients have booked her through email, but I just had her first consultation. Um, and it went well, I think, but I think I could have done better just looking some, for some advice on future consultations. This is from Molly, who has been uh, um, you know, active in the group lately. Um, do, do you always have consultations before a couple books you? Do you, do you ever just uh, say, hey, we want to book you and then go over email? I would love to know how Molly is getting these people who are like, I want to book you over email. (laughs) I don't even want to meet you. I don't want to talk to you on the phone. Nothing. (laughs) And even when a couple does want to do that, when a couple does want to say, hey, we want to pay a deposit. I'm like, great. I I appreciate that. But let's meet. I want to know if you're crazy or not. You know what I mean? Like I want to, you either come in my office or we meet online and I want to, I want to talk to them every time before they book, even if they want to, even if they think that they want to book ahead of time. Um, right. I mean, do you guys ever have, have have you ever booked without meeting a couple before? I I can't even imagine that. Mm -hmm. You have? Absolutely. I mean, I've done that maybe like, two or three times, but anytime a couple initially, even if it's over email and they say they want a book, I'm like, I still set up the meeting first. I want to meet them. I want to talk to them. Oh yeah. I always try to meet with them. Wait, you like talking to people? Absolutely. It's probably definitely over the phone. Uh, usually it's mostly they come from referrals. They're a guest at a certain wedding. They name drop some people. Um, people are really, really excited. They don't want to lose out on the date. They want to book like that night right away. Absolutely. And we'll just say, we'll meet at a later date and try and get that scheduled right away. Mm-hmm. Out of town people, they re- I require a FaceTime or Skype meeting. To make sure they're not catfishing you? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't laugh, man. It's, uh, I, I, I did have this one destination wedding once and, and we never, it was only email and phone. And it was a destination wedding. We had no idea what we we're walking into. Wait, are you saying you got catfished? You flew no, 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 to another not, country. Not okay. They, they were they were they were out of town. They were out of state. 
but we never met with them. Kind of, kind of did some Facebook searching. I think I found a profile, but you just never know if that's the real person or not. But uh, yeah, it's it's a little weird meeting people at the uh, at the hotel for yeah. the first time. Uh, Steve, if you meet at a coffee shop or a winery, do you pay for the couple? Yes, it's a cost of doing business. Uh, like so, before I did wedding photography, you don't, you don't I, have the couple pay for you when you get there. No. Hey guys, thanks for meeting me. Um, now I'll pay for my meal. Oh, never, never once. Uh, bef- before I did wedding photography, I owned like a video production company, and when I owned a video production company, it would be like commonplace that people would just book us through email, and um, I hated that. <laughs> like wedding photography much more, where we typically have at least a phone call with somebody before doing anything. And the weird thing for me recently has been every time I meet with a couple, um, and like actually me meeting with them, not like Jen meeting with them and then telling me the story later, but like me meeting with a couple, I always offer to pay. Like, I'm like, can I get you guys a drink? Can I get you guys some food? What can I get you? And they're always like so nervous. They just say, no, we're good. And so then like, I'm sitting there because like I showed up early and I got a coffee because I didn't want the like coffee shop to kick me out or whatever. So I'm sitting there like drinking a coffee. (laughs) in front of them and they got nothing in front of them yeah. i usually try to stay away from like ordering food i just just go with drinks because i feel like that's a little bit more acceptable but i i would love it if like one time i go to starbucks and i'm like yeah give me six cake pops and then like the couple <laughs> shows up and i'm just gonna, like eating cake pops in front of them you guys want one of these no 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 okay more for me <laughs> i don't know why i chose cake pops <laughs> It's what my kids like from Starbucks. Okay. Uh, are you still, do you still meet couples in coffee shops and that kind of stuff? Or, or Steve, Dustin, do you, do you guys still meet couples in coffee shops or Sorry, do you have like a you space? Kind of cut out for a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah. I think the internet, yeah. Jen and I have like a, at our house, like we specifically, when we were buying a house, we bought a house that was big enough. We could clear out. Like we, we have like a, the space I'm in now is like our office where like our computers, our desks, everything like that is. And we have like a front room and the front room has like uh, photos on the wall of stuff we've shot and photos of us and stuff like that. It's like a nicer meeting place sort of thing. And for a while we were meeting with clients there and we just kind of got sick of it. <laughs> we got sick of having to like yeah. clean the whole house so the clients could mm. come into that front room and maybe use the restroom while they're at our house so now we've yeah. just gone back to meeting at coffee shops and honestly like i feel like clients are a little bit more comfortable with that like than rather than like coming to our house um but like for a while jen also had a studio and like i don't know like we didn't re-up on the studio when our lease was up so like obviously she didn't like it very much or enough to re-up on it but I mean, part of that was also we were buying a house and we were planning on having space in the house to meet with clients and do shoots and stuff like that. And just like now that we've settled into the house, we don't want to meet with clients here anymore. <laughs> just want right. it to be a place where yeah. we live, not a place where we live and have meetings. Mm. So we, d- we did the same thing w- when we built this house with the idea of beginning to meet clients here. And so we started meeting clients here uh, the last two months and then recently we've stopped because we realized, um, and this could be just my skills as a meeting giver, but um, it's hard to get clients to leave. 
Like it's hard to end the client meeting because our meetings are so personality driven and they're so like relational uh, that we're like trying to become their best friends. Mm -hmm. So they don't, unless they have something they're trying to get to after they talk with us, they're, they just like to hang out, which is great. And I love that. But then I'm like, okay, you know, we got to get our kids from the, you know, the next door neighbor's house or we, we need to put, you know, go get dinner. Uh, so when we, so we switched back to doing like the Starbucks type thing just so we could be like, well, that was great. Let us know if you have any questions and, uh, you know, we can't wait to talk and then we can walk out. They're welcome to stay at Starbucks, but at least now we have, you know, it's hard to leave your own house mm. or studio and just leave them there. Um, but I, I would like to some, well, maybe when our kids are a little bit older and our lives are a little bit slower, we can move it back to in home, in studio, because uh, like we built this like 500 square foot studio in our house, um, but currently I just sit in here alone uh, editing. But eventually it'll get used more. I hope. I dream. Mm-hmm. Well, also mm-hmm. then those photos you have up in that meeting room that have like your children looking happy with like a sign above it that says like when you book and then like your children looking like they're starving and sad <laughs> that says like when you don't book that'll make a lot more sense when you start meeting with clients in the house again yeah i mean we thought about doing the thing where like we would train our daughter to like run into the meeting and be like daddy i'm hungry and like depends if they book whether or not we get dinner tonight baby and then like go, ba- go back to your porridge or something like that but she's only three so we haven't quite got the acting down yet Neil, why are you not laughing over there? <laughs> well, I, I was laughing. <laughs> I, you, you, I, mean, I love Andy. I mean, just I, calls I, him I, out. I, I crack up at this. No. Show, you know, <laughs> like, come on! How could you not laugh at that? That's hilarious. My microphone was on mute. Oh, okay, all right. Our listeners can't see me. <laughs> listeners don't um, know how much the porridge thing really connects with Neil and his love of Goldilocks from when he was a child. So, you know, it, he wasn't laughing so much on the outside because, in, introspectively, just like deep things were going on in his soul, I think. <laughs> See, I'm laughing at that. There you go. <laughs> and Andy's frozen. I think Andy's frozen. Who, who had mentioned that you do a video as well? We both I did, do video. Dustin. Yeah. You, you both do video. Okay, so I kind of had had a conundrum, and I'm I'm doing the wedding right now. A couple of weeks ago, I've I had this videographer who just kind of a uh, little little too intrusive, and I don't, don't want to bash videographers. I love vid- videographers. Uh, most of them, you know, stay out of my way, and, and vice versa. Mutual respect. We work as a team. But this one guy, never worked with him before, just so intrusive, and whenever I directed the clients, he counter directed, so he was kind of going against me. Um, he beat me to all the locations. So whenever we arrived to a location, he was already working with the bride and groom as if he was the photographer. Um, come to find out when I, well, and, and plus he was always in the way, almost in every single shot of mine. Come to find out when I got home, I had to look this person up and this person does photography as well. And being a photographer themselves, you would think that they kind of like know the rule the cardinal role of know, know the role of of a videographer um so i've i've been this this was probably one of my not one of my worst but it was one of my least best weddings of my career um because this video guy was person was kind of like just too intrusive um but anyways i've i've i edited the wedding and this person is in a lot of shots the gears in a lot of shots 
Um, a lot of the shots are good of the couple, but the gear is in the shots and it would take way too long to Photoshop unless they, unless the couple wants to pay for extra, ex, all of that expense. Would you guys not deliver those images or would you still deliver them with the videographer in the photos and the, all, all his gear in the photos as well? Yeah, we deliver them. Just as they are with the videographer in them? Mm-hmm. It, it would, dude, it would take a lot of Photoshop. So my but, the, remarks... but, the, but the photos of the, like the first dances, I'm, I'm talking about first dances yeah. during the ceremony, the videographer is right in there. Like with, with, the, with, the, with the bride kissing her dad, you know, he's, he's just like right in there. First mm-hmm. dances, he, he's, he's all over the place. I, I, we, we, both my wife and I, we did our best. But he still made quite a bit of shots. Yeah, and I feel like I I, I need to deliver them just because the the the, the moments are there. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to deliver them because you know he's in the shots. Sure. What, like, what would you guys do? Deliver them. Never him. recommend Dustin again. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> the whole thing gave me a flashback. This one time I worked with Dustin when he was doing video. Oh, oh man, oh that's crazy. I, I did a wedding with Steve and I hired two guys in addition to Steve to shoot video and not in addition both, to Steve. I was doing photo with my wife and you oh, were doing video. I was, I was thinking of a different wedding. I was thinking of the wedding uh, where you were doing video for me and I had two guys on gimbals. Oh gosh, that was terrible. I, and they were both getting in each other shots. Yes. Oh. You still work with one of them all the time. The other one, Correct. I don't think you work and, with ever. And one I threw under the bus on this very podcast. Um, <laughs> but Wait, it was the last time we did a joint episode with Star Wars. You, know, you threw him under the bus. This very one? <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, but yeah, I, so what I do with all my clients is I explain to them all of the photos they get, the 800 to 1,000 photos, whatever, uh, are not edited. Um, they are enhanced via, you know, color correction, exposure, et cetera. Um, but nothing is edited. Um, so that way they don't have this unrealistic expectation that I'm going in, I'm fixing blemishes and fixing hairs and still keeping up with my two week turnaround time on getting them their photos back. Now, with that being said, they have the ability that to then come back to me and say, Hey, Dustin, this photo with me and my dad dancing, love it. Best photo, favorite photo, want to frame it. However, see the videographer in the background uh i know you mentioned we can ask to have some things edited um now that would go to where we have in our contract that for an hourly rate or i don't remember how we have it worded but we charge like an editing fee um and with something like that i might even work with them on price but i would just simply outsource it to uh this company called bespoke tone uh (laughs) fabulous editors uh kind of an asshole of an owner um but yeah we just <laughs> refer off to that hey do you guys hear me again oh uh, there we go hey Welcome we can back. well you can hear me but you won't, you won't be able to see me oh that's okay, okay. it's like a ghost um so all joking about dustin aside because he actually was very kind and good when he did video he didn't get in our way in jen and i's way a lot and he was actually very helpful throughout the day guiding like the client through stuff you just wore these crazy, crazy shoes that just ugh, yucked. But uh, Jen and I had a wedding a while back where the videographers 
literally during the ceremony went up on the stage. Mm. Three of them. Three of them. One was behind the couple, like in between them, behind them on the stage. And the other two were standing. It was like a maybe like 10 foot like deep stage with like steps going up to it. The other two were standing on the steps like in line with the bride and groom shooting. And they all had like 50 millimeters. And it looked like it looked like insects on the stage, like swarming them. Like, okay, that's taking it a bit far. There are only three of them, but it was it was it was bad. And um, for that wedding, Jen and I, and by Jen and I, I mean Jen mostly, uh, all, all 100% Jen went through and like photoshopped the videographers out from the ceremony shots. Um, if they'd gotten in the way on anything else, if we couldn't crop them out, we just wouldn't deliver. But wow. for the That's ceremony, harsh. it was like we had we had to do something because like otherwise, even though it's not our fault when the client sees those photos from the ceremony and sees like, hey, look, there's a videographer right in the middle of like our kissing shot or, mm. you know, passing the rings or putting the rings on or whatever. It's like it ruins the experience for them. And it's like, the videographers already kind of ruined the experience on the day. <laughs> so we didn't want them to also ruin the experience uh, when they got the photos back. So, kind of sounds, kind of sounds like uh, films. Was that who that videographer was? No, oh. it was not. No. Whoa. I actually, uh, actually know exactly who you're talking about. They're out of, out of uh, my area, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have similar thoughts, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Every wedding I've ever done with them, they like to put like a 35 on the bride and groom's face during toasts. Yeah. yeah. 35? Toasts are mm-hmm. 70 to 200 when you're shooting them for video. That's Why what I told them. Why would you ever be on a 30? Hmm. Why were you working wow. with them, Dustin? Were you in a, doing a wedding in New York? I do weddings in New York all the time, Steve, before I moved to this great state. <laughs> Jeez, I can't. And- films always seems to be the videographer at those weddings yeah but so neil when you when you yep. typically pitch a conundrum you say how you wrapped it up how, how what would what, you do what, what, for your client are you still working Actually, on this one i'm i'm ready i'm ex- after we record the show i'm exporting that wedding right now so right now i got rid of the videographer as much as humanly possible but there's just sh- shots in there that i just couldn't crop them out or get rid of them i can eventually photoshop him but it's going to take some time, and if they if they want to pay for it, then they'll have to pay for it. Bespoketone.com, man. Can't go wrong there. <laughs> kind of assholes, but they do a good job. Jen does almost everything with that company. Are you calling my wife an asshole? Co-owner. Co-owner's a total Co-owner's douche. Co-owner's asshole? Man, total. <laughs> yeah. He is. I agree with that. Total douche. <laughs> Andy, do you have any thoughts now that you're back on a... Uh, what you would do um, if a videographer got in your photos? Um, and we're yeah. and we're talking like real moments, like moments that you shouldn't delete. Right, and I've always said I would if it was a, a situation where they were in a shot that's really nothing that I could do about. I would deliver one of those images, most likely. I wouldn't deliver a whole series of them, and it's just kind of almost like a a way to kind of number one show the couple, hey, this was a situation. Um, and, but I'm not going to deliver a whole set of them. Um, I just want kind of one to kind of show what the situation was. So I'll, I'll show, I'll show a wide angle shot of where the tripods are and where all this stuff is, um, that kind of thing. But I'm not going to obviously try and 
you know, highlight that by any means. But at the same time, um, if they ask me to say, hey, Andy, where's the wide angle shot of the church? Well, there it is. That's what it was as a, from a photojournalistic standpoint. That's what, mm-hmm. what was happening. And there's the shot that's delivered. And beyond that, um, you know, I did the best that I could in the provided situation, you know, to, to show the wedding in a way that you would probably want it to be shown. So without further ado, let's cross over into the drone zone. Okay, now what if there's about 20 to 30 images with a drone flying in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Neil, you didn't say that earlier. It just popped in there because I kept them all. No, no, honestly, yeah, I would do, I would do, so in that case, I would do maybe one shot that's like a highlight shot that I would, and, and if it was easy to take the drone out, if it's like one swipe in Lightroom or Photoshop, then fine. You know, I'll do that. I'll take, I'll take it out fairly quickly if it's like one quick thing. But if it's, if there's any kind of work involved, like the drone is halfway between a cloud and the blue mm-hmm. sky, and then it's going to take longer to do like, no way, not, not mm-hmm. taking the time to do that. I'll do it on like one highlight shot. I'll clean it up. Right. The rest I'm going to deliver from a photojournalistic standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then um, if they, you know, if, if it's something that they want to have taken care of from there, they can let me know. And and what my policy always is, is like, if you're giving me like 10 images to edit, something like that, you want highly, you know, you know, advanced detail edit work, then fine. I'm just going to do like up to 10. Beyond that, I'm going to start charging per image. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if they're going to, if, if there's something that they don't like about what was shot and from a photojournalistic standpoint, and, and I'm going to do what I can to show things in the best way possible. But once you get beyond that point, that's my time. And then I need to start charging for it. Yeah, it wasn't a clear blue sky. And plus the drone was about 10 feet behind the couple. So the drone was quite large. It, yeah, wasn't, and that, it wasn't a little dot. Yeah, in that was case, it a Phantom or a Mavic or do you know? Uh, it was a uh, it wasn't a Mavic. It was, it was bigger than that. It was an octocopter. <laughs> there was an actual person like on it. <laughs> it was the, uh, the, what's the expensive one? The impression or what is it called? Inspire. The Inspire. And they had a red, red 4K camera yep. hanging off of it. Yep. <laughs> guys, I, I know you guys use drones. You go into the drone zone and all that kind of stuff. But let me ask you a philosophical question. Here's oh, my boy. philosophical Here question. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Yep. Is a photograph better because it's shot from a higher angle? 100% now. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless it called for it. Okay. That's what I like to ask because a lot of people... Where's the philosophy in that question? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, from a aesthetics point of view, that's, you know, from a philosophical well, aesthetics point of view. Well, that question to a man who has a garage full of ladders. <laughs> <laughs> There's some truth to that as well. Yeah, I, I, I feel like a lot of... A lot of um, people that have drones, especially videographers that maybe aren't schooled in photography or have an art background or, or just kind of like fell into it, they get a drone and they shoot with the drone because it's higher, it looks better, right? Because mm-hmm. it was shot from a higher angle, oh, it must be better. And I'm not saying that drone shots can't be amazing, but you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and why you're actually doing it rather than just shooting it because it's from a high angle, so therefore it's well, better. Some, some of it, in all honesty, in today's age, Andy, uh, is just simply a marketing tool. So like when we're trying to book video, 
uh, we're promoting the shit out of the fact that we include <laughs> drone footage yeah. in our videos because on a local level, there's only a handful of other people that do video that also do drone stuff. Um, so we actually... In, Are those other people just, licensed to do drone stuff or... Nope. So, so they're just of, like you. Okay, got it. Exactly. So <laughs> instead of just showing wedding videos with drone footage... Listeners, yeah. if you want to contact the Federal Communications Commission... Um, yep. I think it's the FTA you contact, actually. No, no, no. Go with what Andy said. Um, <laughs> contact the FCC. <laughs> but um, we, instead of just including drone shots in our wedding videos and expecting the bride and groom to understand that, you know, drone shots may or may not happen on their wedding day, we actually make it a line item on our pricing. Um, that You know, we, in, in, for this price point, we include drone coverage. Um, what now, what that includes, you know, we like to leave that rather vague. Um, sometimes that's us coming on a different day to get those drone shots. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to shoot it on the day, Mm -hmm. but, uh, they see that and they're like, Oh my God, this guy's got a drone hunt. Where do we sign? Having worked with Dustin before though, too, uh, Dustin, when I was doing photos and he was doing videos and the weddings I've worked with him where I'm like second shooting video for him while his like a uh, video team is r- up and running, you know, uh, Dustin actually like and schedules they're out they're time. Running. Yeah. Dustin schedules out time on the day to do drone shots where like photos aren't happening so that he can get those shots that he needs without having like drones in the photos. So like thinking to your old video editor, Aaron's wedding, like you actually had like a time set for, we're going to do um, like drone shots outside of the venue. And we didn't do like any photos or any other video while you were doing the drone shots. It was 100% drone time. And like the wedding we shot at Purdue together, you had like a whole like drone thing planned. And Dustin, I gave him a hard time. Dustin actually does hire like a guy a lot of the time or actually every wedding I've worked with you where you were doing video, the person operating the drone was a licensed drone operator. Mm hmm. See? Or it just wasn't you. The only time so I've actually been with you where you flew a drone day. was when we were in Sierra Leone. <laughs> eh, we're out of the country then. Yeah, out of the country. So <laughs> rules don't apply, right? That's right. But yeah, he, he doesn't actually like schedules time so that we don't have those moments like Neil had where there's a drone in the background of your photos. Because mm-hmm. honestly, that's just super like, it takes people out of the moment. Like the drones are yeah, so man. loud and obnoxious. Especially during a ceremony, like during a ceremony, just for the love of God, please don't, you know, like, right. Am I right about that? Andy, have you had somebody use a drone in a ceremony? Yes. And it's, and it's unbelievable. It's obnoxious. It's like, what are you thinking? Yeah. It's Vegas. Wow. Yeah. And, um, this, this guy, this videographer, uh, when the bride and groom were running out of the church, you know, there's only about a hundred, 150 people sitting, you know, standing outside the church. He had the drone flying right over them. I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know. Weekend. That's, that's, that's a little dangerous. Yes. You're never supposed to fly the drone over people. That's <laughs> no, crazy. Just a hundred, 150 people, you know, kids, all that stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I did it during a ceremony last weekend. It was an outside ceremony, secluded next to oh, a okay. river. So, so if we can just take a second, Dustin, Neil, Andy, do you guys want to say something about how much you hate people like Dustin real quick who fly the drone during ceremonies? <laughs> well, um, or so do you want me to cover that point, since I, you guys already did a little bit? I've, I typically fly my Phantom, uh, which is, for those of you out who don't know, is really loud. 
Yeah. And I've recently started migrating everything over to using the Mavic, which is the smaller, lighter, more compact drone. And so in my mind, I was thinking, oh, this is much quieter. But I was like, ah, I still don't want to do this. This would be really, really disruptive. And then my second shooter, who was kind of playing the part of me that day, uh, was like, Dustin, no, you should really fly. It's not that loud. Just kind of come up over that tree line over there, kind of get a shot, and then, you know, you'll be fine. And so I did it and I was like, I'm still too far away to really make anything out from that tree line. So I just slowly crept in and then I'm standing like, you know, in the parking lot, you know, pretty far away. And I'm like, I can hear it from here. So that means they can really hear it over there. I'm having an anxiety attack listening to you tell this story. How much money or albums or prints or canvases are you giving to this couple? Jeez. Uh, let's just say as soon as the ceremony was over, they didn't even, they didn't, the couple didn't even realize the drone was overhead, but I did see while flying the drone, several guests look up. So I, I know that people knew it was happening. The couple realized Dustin, they were just too nice to say anything about how you ruined their wedding day because they're waiting to talk to their lawyer and then they'll sue you. No, I think they're going to be excited when I incorporate that bird's eye view of their ceremony happening. Yeah, yeah, they got a, yeah, they got a the drone photographer shot. may never recommend me again, but yeah. So I I was shooting the wedding a few weeks ago, and the videographers showed up in t-shirts and jeans, and they had their they had their uh, you know drone ready to go, right? And we're out there. It's the sun shot. shot shot stuff and and the beautiful light everything's happened and amazing and then they're coming in with their drones and i'm like oh whatever you know it's you know, i'll swipe it out if i need to and then what lo and behold what happens it starts going over to the right to the left to the right right into a tree and i'm like oh. ah sweet justice for all you know sweet justice for all. <laughs> we we've been recording for a really long time andy do you want to wrap this up the way you guys I, normally do i think it's about time um Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of Wedding Photographers Unite and the Wedding Photo Hangover combined with the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast. Guys, thanks for uh, jumping on. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure to have everybody here. And uh, I guess uh, we can just say, uh, Mr. Steve Van Elk, where can people find you? You can find me at Steven Van Elk on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and everywhere. Just and no spaces. Mr. Oh. Dustin McKibben. Uh, people who would like to find me, uh, you can just go to the wedding photo hangover Instagram account and that is perfectly fine with me there. But if you really, really want to see my work, uh, you can find it over at our wedding page, which is Dustin and Corinne on Instagram. And Mr. Urban. NeilUrban.com. N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. And you can follow me on social media. All the links are on my website. And I am. Soon to come, many pictures of ladders. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. There's already a couple. And wedding photos with videographers in the background. Yes. But Mr. Andy Buscemi, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Andy. The last name is Buscemi, B-U-S-C-E-M-I. Google me. Find me on social media that way. Uh, thanks, everybody. Good time, as always. Uh, you guys are great. And a pleasure, as always. Uh, Steve. This entire podcast is entirely dependent on you and <laughs> your audio recording <laughs> technology because we apparently don't know how to handle that over here for the Wedding Photographers Unite podcast. So.
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see come, if you guys come through. Just, just remember, <laughs> it will have a watermark. <laughs> just every like, every ten seconds. This is property of the wedding photo hangover <laughs> podcast, right? Uh, we'll do something more fun, like maybe like bird chirps. No, or something. no, I love it. We can pop it in like the audio hijack thing when you download one That's of their I was thinking, clips like, without paying for it. Exactly. Audio Car hijack. Crash. Car crash sounds. Yeah, I love it when you see wedding videos online and you hear audio hijack like throughout their wedding video meaning the person never paid for the music <laughs> andy when when you popped out we started asking neil about sony gear because yes. none of us have switched over oh, that's neil's favorite topic i'm sure mm-hmm. oh you guys haven't, haven't no heard no you? no it's not it's I'm, I'm actually all for it andy i just kind of get bored when you and jimmy kind of go on go off on tangents for, <laughs> for about 40 minutes yes um but no, I almost pulled the trigger on on a camera on a camera last week. Which one? What, what one were you looking at? Uh, the A seven three R or whatever the hell the I don't know even know what they're called now. A seven three probably. A seven three. S R two. Oh, the the old S R three two. Sure, it was it was about two. <laughs> the, oh yeah, yeah. So you're looking at the A seven three. You you guys yeah. don't uh, you guys none of you shoot Sony. I shoot Sony for video. I don't. For some reason, I haven't brought myself to use it for photo yet. Okay. Justin, Jen and I are uh, all locked your, in on five Mavic, fours. Justin, does your Mavic have a uh, the Hasselblad? Yep. It's early. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm kind of looking at the Hasselblad too. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I love my Phantom because I have the really expensive one with like the built-in screen in the remote. And I have like the Pelican case with the custom spots for like the 19 batteries I own. And for, cause I bought that many when Steven and I went to Africa and, and then I got the Mavic and I just can't in my mind rationalize how much like this can't be better than my big drone. And every time I fly it, I'm like, this is so much better. No, and sure. so now I'm, I'm planning on selling it probably next week, just going all in on the Mavic. Mm-hmm. Even the photo quality, which is honestly what I use it most for because I do real estate photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, like the dynamic range and the photos I get from it are so much better than what I was getting out of my Phantom. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you're just walking around the house with your Mavic, just taking pictures? Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> One. No, I was like, looking actually... at Dustin's stuff, because I have like the Mavic Pro, the original, and looking at Dustin's stuff, it's much better. I, I still, really? yeah, yeah, I have like the, the, the Mavic Pro gets like a, I found out recently the watermark effect or watercolor effect, like in low light sometimes, not all the times, like the pixels, like kind of, uh, they do like a thing where they try to sharpen it and like the pixels kind of look like a watercolor painting instead of like, yeah. like actual pixels. And like, it just like from, if the photo's real small, it's not noticeable, but like if you try to blow it up, it's just horrible. And I'm very jealous of Dustin now that he's got that, uh, that new Mavic. Mm-hmm. You should nice. be, or you could just buy one. <laughs> They're not that expensive. It costs money. Yeah, what are they, yeah, what are they now? Like uh, thirteen hundred, fourteen, fifteen? Yeah, or are they over the two thousand mark? I think I picked mine up when it first came out, pre-ordered for like seventeen or eighteen. Okay, that's not bad. But that I think was with an extra battery. So. Do you guys? Uh, I know you. You guys had Boo Ray Perry on your podcast. Mm-hmm. So we we did an episode with Bure and Gary yesterday. Yes. And uh, yeah. 
Bure and Gary both haven't switched over to Sony. I, and I think one of them said something like uh, their their big fear with it is that Sony is a technology conglomerate and not really like a like just just so we're all clear like none of this is in the podcast. I'm just kind of curious yeah, about you guys sure, 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 in real yeah. life. Mm-hmm. If anything, like if you guys say something super interesting, we might like throw it up on the Patreon or send it to you guys or something. But I don't know. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Bure I think was the one who was saying like Sony's just like a technology conglomerate. They're not really like a camera company. So he's kind of scared to jump in with them. Or maybe it's Gary who's saying it. But they kind of both agreed with that. Like, does that scare you at all, Andy? Like the idea that like I mean they're a movie company and. <laughs> So much more. Like they don't just do cameras. Right. Yeah. They make yeah. TVs and printer. Well, Canon. I mean, Canon makes printers and stuff, but it's not like they they do TVs and all that stuff like Sony. So you're yeah. saying I should Radios. switch to Nikon? Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. No, no, Canon's still in the printer market, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. See, I would just, Steve. I would, I would kind of just, kind of totally disagree with that in the sense that, like, you know, it's it's another. China, uh, you know, Japanese camera company, like they're all Japanese camera companies. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they may not have, you know, they're, they're not set up as a camera company in the sense of like Canon is set up and they're not going to have like the service that they do in the CPS system and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you have to think about it a little bit differently and it is kind of more of an electronics, you know, device, I would say, but in the, but that's what actually makes it better in my opinion, because you can kind of program all the, there's all these custom buttons and you can set up anything, however you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've been completely impressed by the image quality that you get out of it. And I, so I was, I'm in like Bure's uh, Facebook page and mm-hmm. I saw that he was like testing like the Fuji X-T3 and like saying that like, his, uh, his video be... got picked up by a petapixel today. Did it really? Yeah. Yeah. It went and, viral. And, did it really? Uh, I didn't even realize that, but I just... because he came on our show. No. Nope. <laughs> it's not out yet. <laughs> but I just feel like... He, and he's, his one of his things that he's saying is, is like, well, APS-C is going to be like the new thing that everybody's going to go to once because it's smaller and the cameras are lighter. But like that exists in these Sony cameras right now. I mean, you can put APS-C lenses on those and those the A7 III and all that and get and the size of the camera is going to be just the same. And who wouldn't want the extra full frame if you can get it? It's not like it's that much more when you're shooting professionally. So I just don't really know and even, you know, kind of go with that. But if he tried, and that's what, so when he said he was testing that XT3, I was, I even put right on there, I was like, you know, here's my prediction. You're going to try this XT3. It's not going to be as good as your DSLR. And then you're going to try Sony and realize that that's really where you want to be. Cause he hasn't even tried the, the, the Sonys yet, it, you know, but if you, if you try the Sonys, I, I almost guarantee you it's going to be on par with what, what we expect, you know, shooting mm-hmm. DSLRs. Mm-hmm. So, you know. All right, guys, I'm checking out. Yeah. Too much Sony talk for me. No, no, that's yeah. cool. Thank you Let's so much, Nikon Neil. Nikon talk, Neil. I'll talk Nikon. <laughs> no, I was, I was just we'll, kind of we'll, curious, we'll talk, like on we'll a personal level release. and not like a, All right. not like All right. a business podcast level, you know, but yeah. thank you guys so much. Yep. Pleasure, guys. Have yeah. Have a good one. Awesome. Have a great night, guys. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at WedPickHangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Stephen is at Stephen Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group or if you love the guys from Wedding Photographers Unite, join the Wedding Photographers Unite mm. Facebook group. It's a great group. Is great it? questions. Like like the question we did tonight about the ladders. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to warm our hearts, though, you can head on over to stephendustinsavetheworld.com and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. Death. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot another, another wedding. wedding. Dun, dun, dun. Doesn't, what, what have you been up to? What what, what, what you've been into the last few weeks? I feel like we haven't had a chance to catch up, you and me. So we're going we're gonna to shove in a little catch-up time right here at the end of the Wedding Photographers Unite episode. Yeah, yeah those other guys. Just need some Steve time. I want. I wanted to talk with them all about like Sony and other stuff, and uh, and Neil was just, like, oh, "I'm out." <laughs> I don't play with him. I'm out. I had real questions. I wanted to know why he made the switch. Well, he hasn't made the switch um, because or, yeah. he was trying to buy the A7R 3S um, two. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to get that Sony R2D2, and uh, <laughs> just couldn't just couldn't swing it. You know. Um, you know, he was looking at the, the drone, Sony the C3PO. Camera. <laughs> yeah, he's looking at that Sony C3PO, but he was like, this one just doesn't seem like it could handle itself in a battle situation, which every mm-hmm. wedding is a battle. So, you know, <sighs> love is a battlefield. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, Dustin, have you been watching anything recently? Have you watched the boys on Amazon prime yet? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Oh, uh, I dude, got the boys into is so good. a really terrible show that I probably should never mutter the name in public. Oh, you got to tell me that name, um, son. You got to tell me that name. Purely for the scrutiny of what people will think of me if they know that I watched it. Yeah. So as most of you listeners don't know, I watched The Bachelor and Bachelorette and all of those things. Oh, so I have gosh. stuff oh, to gosh. relate with my clients at oh. engagement sessions and weddings. Oh. The the bachelorette, her first pick ended up to have a, a girlfriend the entire time mm-hmm. that he yep. never told her about. And her second but pick anyways, who she tried to hook up with later we can all turns agree, out he's Steve, actually the show dating is one of the Hadids. Yeah. Did you yeah, hear about that? All, did you hear yes. about that? He spent the night I at saw her house. All over went, Facebook today. He went to Hannah's, went to Hannah's, had Man, a drink. You follow it more than I do. <laughs> at, I saw it in Twitter today. Went to Hannah's, had a drink, and then he wasn't photographed leaving Hannah's until the next morning hair tossed a little bit then immediately left there went to new york and uh what was it um Gigi hadid or bella hadid mm-hmm. whichever Gigi. one wasn't dating the weekend the hadid who wasn't dating the weekend he went on a date with her like the very next night like you know right right after uh having having some fun times with hannah <sighs> yeah i guess yeah, can you, you go on the bachelor and then you can date celebrity type people <laughs> and you just are like, well, peace out, other bachelor people. I'm going to um, date this model. So anyways, I was watching the Bachelor finale the other day, and uh, it ended, and I was cleaning something up, and all of a sudden, Hulu auto-started playing another series 
and I didn't really think anything of it. I was just kind of went back. Love? And it was this show called Unreal. Are you familiar with this show? Jen likes that show. So, so you know what it is? Yeah, it's supposedly like the most accurate depiction of what actually goes on in those shows. Like yeah, the it completely stuff. is like the magician showing you the back of the curtain of reality TV shows um, from a dramatized fictional-esque standpoint. Um, and it's like blows my mind. I mean, I knew there was some manipulating and some pushing from producers to get some of that stuff to happen, to make the show interesting. And, but to like actually see like how much goes into the manipulation and the pushing, it was disgusting, but I can't look away. So I'm on like the second season of that show. I mean, that's a dramatic show though. It's not the same thing. It's a dramatic show highlighting how terrible the real shows are. Uh, right. If anything, you should not be watching the real show, but the dramatic show highlighting the terrible things in, oh, I can't in the real even, show, that's the a good is, thing to watch because, you know, so, it's actually pulling out and like, you know, showing you everything. Yeah. I talked to my sister about it and she said once she started watching this show, she can no longer watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Mm, that'd be great. I, I wish everybody would watch this show and no longer be able to watch The well, Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So, Ask Jen if she's seen the scene where they're doing like a horseback riding episode on the show and mm-hmm. they get the contestants up on the horses. They film like 30 seconds of them just talking on the horses and then they yell cut and then they they put stunt doubles on the horses, film them riding fast in, you know, holding hands, but always from like back angles and like kind of jittery motion shots off a golf cart. And then they cut from that to The Bachelor on a fake horse that's on a cart that's being pulled by like a gator with a cameraman on the back of the gator filming him so that they can get, you know, that shot of him like from that low angle of the horse. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this can't actually happen in real life. Yeah, no, dude. Sorry. I hate to blow up your world, but that's what happens. That's, That's how these shows are made. Yeah, now I need to go to Stephen Dustin Save the World so I can get my world saved again. Yeah, but before you do, you should check out The Boys on Amazon Prime. Oh, I plan on it. It's on my Dude, list. Dude, it's so good. I mean, it's got Carl Urban, who I love ever since, you know, uh, Star Trek's, the new Star Trek's with the J.J. Abrams. And it's also got Simon Pegg, who I also love, who's also in the new Star Trek's with the J.J. Abrams. Man, you and J.J. Are you J.J. Abrams? I like, wish. Is- no. <laughs> No, but it's funny, dude. Like, uh, Simon Pegg pays, plays, like, the dad of one of the characters. He's, like, a minor role in the series, but uh, he does, like, an American accent. <laughs> it's just so freaking weird to hear him talk and, like, not be, like, you know, Simon Pegg, but, like, be, like, trying to be an American. It's, oh, man, it's good. But, like, the the actual, like, show, The Boys, is kind of like, uh, if I could describe it, I would say it's everything I wished the Watchmen movie would have been. Interesting. Yeah, it's like a like a gritty sort of take on like the world of superheroes and it's just like like dramatically it just plays out really well and like it's just super interesting from start to finish. I think you would like it a lot, bud. I I saw the the um teaser on Facebook and I planned on watching it. Mm, you got teased. I didn't I didn't know if it'd be something though that I could watch while working. Uh-huh. So I need, I, I kind of want to, I might wait till the winter to watch that one. It's right up there with Handmaid's Tale. I want to watch that too, but, and Stranger Things season three. Dude, I also, uh, I also watched Hannah recently. 
Hanno. That sounds Is it also an Amazon Prime show? See, I'm really bad at checking Amazon for shows. Because I just I, signed up for Showtime yeah. um, so that I could watch um, Billions. And I'm like trying to watch things that are on that before I cancel my 30-day uh, Just cancel it. There's nothing on there's worth it. The Amazon Prime stuff. So uh, they have Jack Ryan, the show with John Krasinski based on the Tom Clancy novel. Yeah, that's novels. the only show on there. That and the the one that's about the politicians. I think it's like Animal House or something like that. I don't know about that one, but like uh, the one with Jack, one with John Krasinski, Jack Ryan was awesome. Uh, the one that I just watched, The Boys, totally awesome. Hannah was pretty good. Uh, it's got the guy who plays the lead in uh, that Netflix show, Altered Carbon, that wasn't very good, but he's very mm. good in Hannah. He plays like the that main character's father. And um, dude, no, I've just been really impressed with uh, the stuff on Amazon Prime. I think what about, a lot of people see it as like a second tier like streaming service, and I think it's you know, it top was. form, dude. I think it's top form now. I mean, they uh, they bought the rights to what was it, Lord of the Rings? They got the rights for uh, what? What? What is it? Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time. Like th- they're they're going to be putting out some. What's like, Robert really, Jordan's Wheel of Time? It's a fantasy novel series that's like very well known and respected. I've it's never a, heard of it. Yeah, you wouldn't. You you don't read fantasy. You're not into that stuff. What about that new show on Netflix um, that's like Star Trek meets Lost in Space? Lost in Space. On Netflix? <laughs> no, 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 no. The new one with the chick from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I saw the previews for it. Haven't haven't had time to get into it. I've been uh, I've been like watching stuff, mostly playing it in the background while I've been editing, like culling through photos and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I haven't paid the best attention to it, but like the the boys was super funny, super good. Uh, Hannah had like just like a ton of like really awesome looking cinematic shots. Um, and the storyline was pretty good too. And, uh, also like, because I liked Hannah and I liked the Joel Kinnaman guy, who's like the, uh, dad of the main character in Hannah, mm-hmm. I decided to give altered carbon another shot and, um, it's still bad. It's still bad, but like yeah. there is so much money dumped into that. Like the way it's shot, of money. the yeah. way it's shot is so good, but it's just like the actors are all good, but like the writing I, maybe it's not the writing maybe it was the directing but like like the line it's like there's no subtext in the show like mm-hmm. everything a character thinks they just say out loud and it's like what the f- nobody is like this in real life and like there's all these scenes where like like but you where... keep wanting to watch because it's cinematically so yes. eye-pleasing and yes the characters themselves are so good that you're you're like waiting for it to get better and it just keeps not getting better Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's 100% my feelings on it. And I'm just That's like, why the I'm whole afraid time, to watch this new so one they put out. It's got so many people from like the Serenity, Firefly, Dollhouse, mm-hmm. like the uh, Joss Whedon like universe uh, like type stuff. Man. Talk Dollhouse about a show that could have been awesome. Yeah. I feel like if they'd given Dollhouse more time, more. That's That should be a Netflix reboot right there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, Firefly Serenity, that'd be great. I'd love to see that rebooted, too. But then again, without Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk and, you know, the whole gang, could it really capture everything I Right, that's why I think it's less likely to uh, happen on that. Yeah. But All right. Good night, bud. We should go. See you later, buddy.
What is up, guys? Sorry, I couldn't make it last night. But uh, it's it's all good. I mean, I, I was really hoping to, to make it, and I didn't want to change the day or time again. But um, now and then, one of us steps out. It's kind of cool. We get a different perspective on things. And, you know, I would have loved to rip a new one on all you guys. But uh, I just had a, I couldn't make it. And it stinks because I really wanted to be a part of it. But you know what? We'll do it again. And we'll just do like drinks in hand and we'll talk about like the hard days and the bad days and the bridezillas and all the fun stuff. All right, let's do that. Boom. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo!